Bulavinaka, this is Pacific Waves from RNZ Pacific. I'm Elisha Fern. Coming up, we dive into the latest from around Aotearoa. We are very concerned and disappointed with the results. New findings show Pacific women are the most discriminated group in New Zealand's legal profession. Also, we meet Cook Island-born lawyer National's only Pacific MP as she steps up to be part of the new government. And later... We're part of um, the fabric of society. Female creatives dominate the Arts Pacifica Awards. It's been revealed that Pacific people in the legal profession within New Zealand are three times more likely to face prejudice and inequity. The New Zealand Law Society has released a new survey showing Pacific women in the legal profession are the most vulnerable to workplace discrimination. I spoke with Artie Chand, president of the Pacific Lawyers Association, about the findings. We are very concerned and disappointed with the results. Um, I can't say that we are surprised. Um, We have known all along that there were issues that our Pacific lawyers were facing. This data is evidence of of that happening, but we have had that information shared with us um, from our membership. Can we go into the findings? Um, One of the main findings was that Pacific women are the most discriminated against. What does this look like in the workplace? What we're finding um, is that our lawyers, women in particular, um, from this evidence, are not being treated equally at the workplace. So um, there are challenges with getting the appropriate promotions, being recognised for the work that they're doing, and moving up in terms of ranks in, within, their, um, within the legal profession. So these are things that we are seeing already, which is um, we think um, could be attributed to the discrimination they're facing in the workplace. As we see more women and more women of colour, more Pacific women in the workplace, do they have to work harder to almost prove themselves or are we coming against almost like an internal bias? Is that what we're seeing? We are finding is that women used to have challenges and continue to have challenges within the legal profession and we've known that. Being a woman of colour is pronouncing that effect and what we're seeing again is that um, Pacific women and Pacific lawyers are sometimes facing racial biases and sometimes unconscious biases. And there is a profiling that goes on with people's perception of what a Pacific person should look like and how a Pacific person should be. And we're getting that evidence from the way our law students are responding to um, their experiences at the law school, and we are also now seeing all of that happening, playing out in the legal profession in the workplace as well. How do we address this issue? It needs to start with very, very meaningful and constructive steps in terms of the wider legal profession. We do need to look at ourselves and and develop more cultural competent promotions when we're talking about people moving to senior levels, that all of these are being done in a fair way so that people are being treated equally. And that's really what we're asking for. We're asking for our Pacific lawyers to be treated exactly the same way as all other lawyers. It's not a big ask, um, but it is requiring employers to make sure that their processes are fair. For budding lawyers, Pacific female lawyers who have examples like yourself to look up to, they may be feeling discouraged about this, whether they're going into the legal profession or whether they um, are facing this right now. What would your message be to them? My message would be that our community needs to have Pacific lawyers 
being part of the legal profession so that we are representing our Pacific communities. We need to be there so that we are seen, and that creates further pipeline for our young Pacific kids to see that a career in law is a, is a good thing and, and we can make a change. And the more of us who form part of the profession and work in it, the more normal it will get. Um, and we hopefully won't face the same sort of barriers and challenges because we need to change the system. And the only way to do it is, is to be part of it. I don't know whether you saw our um, racial profiling of Pacific and Maori lawyers um, by court staff. We did a survey of that last year, the beginning of last year, and that showed, you know, that our lawyers, our Pacific lawyers going to court, they were being mistaken as criminals. 50% of them who, who responded, you know, they're lawyers in suits and, and going to court, and, and the court staff were asking them why they were there. So, um, yes, there has been progress, but there is sort of systematic and institutional um changes that, that, that are required in the legal sector. That's not the first time I've heard this. It seems to be quite a common mistake that lawyers of Pacific or Māori heritage being mistaken for criminals is yeah. good enough. It's, it's shocking. appalling, yeah. Um, one person was asked, oh, you must, you know, you dress really well, you must be defending yourself today. There's yeah. just no and words for that. Is there going to be a review or anything that, leads to practical change rather than just here's the issue and nothing being done about it? What we will be doing is engaging with the New Zealand Law Society to see whether um, we can work together to implement practical steps. But these these are early days. Um, in terms of our association, we have always supported our members and we will continue to do that. And that's the first and foremost step for us as an association is to ensure that we continue the work of supporting our lawyers and make sure that they're feeling that they belong to our association and, and, and have that support. So that's the, that's the key, first and foremost. And then we will engage not just with the Law Society, but all other organisations who are keen to focus on implementing change. And we will work with them as, as required because our goal really is to make sure that these sorts of data don't come through again. We had similar results in 2018. We've got the same type of results again in 2023. We really don't want to see the same again in the next survey. The only Pacific MP in New Zealand's National Party is vying for the Pacific portfolio. 29-year-old Angie Nichols was born in the Cook Islands and moved to New Zealand with her family 20 years ago. Lydia Lewis spoke with the Te Atatū MP-elect, Angie Nichols. I myself am actually quite amazed at the result in the weekend. And who's the most excited out of your family, your staunchest supporter? Oh man, I have so I, I literally have a few key people, but I will always say, and um, because it's very true, my parents and so my mum, Jean Nicholas, and my dad, uh, his name is Nga Mokopuna Nicholas. And what did they say to you? Yeah, I was actually on my feet almost the whole night watching the results come in and we had a little watch party of our own and so everyone was sort of in the same room um, together and my mum had a good old time just you know watching eyes were fixed on the screen um, they're, they're kind of different my mum and dad and my dad was on his feet he was sitting on his feet and then he'd, he'd be upstanding and um, at one point he had his phone out recording <laughs> the TV and so yeah and no, I just um but they've told me they're just super happy, obviously. The journey 
itself has been a big one for us as a family. So that was cool to be able to celebrate together. Why has it been such a big journey for yourself and for your family? I guess because, you know, it's it's just tied to my own personal story or our story as a family coming here and um, wanting to really, my parents really wanting to give me a life that they almost didn't have. For example, you know, going to school. Both my parents, they um, neither of them finished high school. So my, my parents are actually from two different islands. My dad's from Mangaia and my mum is from Rarotonga, but, but we uh, uh, we lived um, on the main island of Raro. And so that was a pretty big, I guess, dream accomplished because, you know, we think about where we came from. It wasn't just over the last few months me being selected it was a moment of reflection uh, of thinking back where we actually came from as a family to where we are today. And um, for them, because my, my parents say this to me, um, yeah, my success is their success, you know, and it's very true because we've, you know, I just very thankful for the people that were around me to help get me to this point. Obviously my parents played a big role in that uh, and they really navigated my my own journey personally through high school, through university, through my working years and now in politics. Now looking at the current time, it's been such a long journey for you. Is being the only Pacifica MP elect a weight on your shoulders? Potentially, you know, you may be the only MP in in government who's Pacifica. Yeah, I think I um not to me personally, no, I don't like I don't feel the weight of that. Obviously I know how important it is though for Pacific communities to see someone who looks like them in Parliament. But we are a part of it a team. This is a team sport and we campaigned on the same things across the country, uh, as a you know, as a national party team to help take um our country forward. And so I have confidence in that. Obviously, I would love to still be here after special votes are counted. No doubt about that. But the focus is really to try and get everyone moving ahead. Is one Pacific MP in Nationals government good enough? Ideally, you would actually like more, right? And I don't think just for the National Party. I think for every political party, any Pacific person to see someone standing in parliament is a huge privilege, um, particularly for Pacific communities to be able to see their voice, you know, see someone who looks like them, as I have said, uh, representing them in parliament. But also, you know, tied to that in your role as as an MP, um, you are there to represent, like, I'm Pacific. That's that's a voice that I bring to parliament. But I'm also from Te Atatū. And then I speak for all people from that community. And then, you know, I'm a New Zealander. So, yeah, I think having someone there is great. But we need to have confidence, as I've said, as a party, we have campaigned on these issues and people have voted for that. What would your reaction be to National Bowing to Act and scrapping the Ministry for Pacific Peoples? My view is the same as as the Prime Minister-elect, as as the same as Christopher Luxon. Um, our position has been pretty clear that we would not, MPP would stay with the national government. And now moving forward, what are your priorities for this term? 
to be quite honest, I want to make sure that I deliver. Being a really competent, you know, first time MP is is actually the focus for me going into this. Of course, that's pending special votes, etc. It's kind of too early to speculate on, you know, what I'd like to do because, you know, those decisions haven't been made around portfolios, etc. Do you have three maybe that you're interested in? Uh, well, um, I mean, I I would love to, obviously, one of them is, is being able to maybe Pacific people. It's being the spokesperson for that because, obviously, I'm Pacific. But more than that, as a part of my journey being a Pacific growing up, basically, here in New Zealand, you sort of see the importance of making sure that we set our kids up well for the future and there are opportunities that you know, if, if they choose to make New Zealand their home, that they, that they can get ahead. Artists in New Zealand have been recognised for their works at the annual Arts Pacifica Awards. This year's event honoured seven Pacifica creatives. Female Fonua went along to the ceremony in Wellington. <laughs> Choreographers, painters, architects, comedians and composers were among dozens of Pacifica artisans who attended the Arts Pacifica Awards hosted at the Te Papa Museum in Wellington. The ceremony was filled with vibrant Pacific Island music and the announcement of each award was graced with a performance from traditional Cook Island dancers. Sculptor Lonnie Hutchinson, who won Best Senior Pacific Artist Award, said the ceremony acknowledged the artistic contributions of Pacifica to New Zealand. Very important because we're part of um, the fabric of society as well and we're contributing to this to this community and to this country um, and we represent this country offshore as well. Um, I think um, for um, a celebration like tonight, um, this is the only one there is for um, Pacific artists. The majority of awards at this year's event were taken out by female Pacific artists. Master traditional Tongan dance tutor Losalia Melika Pusiaki won the Pacific Heritage Artist Award for her efforts to keep New Zealand's Tongan diaspora in touch with their culture and traditions. In 1996, Busiaki founded the Feunukola Academy of Tongan Arts, where she and others teach young Kiwis how to perform traditional Tongan dancing. She says the awards honour her tutors and those who came before them. I don't feel it's mine. I feel it belongs to um, our ancestors, the one who paved the way. Uh, it's a Heritage Artist Award, and I'm more like just the knowledge holder who carry on the legacy of the work that our ancestors did in the past. Young and upcoming artists were also recognized for their works. Violinist Hayden Afele Nicol won the Josefa Enari Memorial Award, an award that supports the career development of an upcoming artist. Afele Nico performs regularly for the Wellington and Hawke's Bay Orchestra and is often invited to schools where he teaches young Pacifica about classical music. Afele Nico says he wants to get more Pacifica into the genre. 
I love being a facilitator. I love to create platforms. I like to uplift other people. So most of my work is teaching with Aroha Nui strings. My dream is to see um, a brown New Zealand symphony orchestra um, and to see lots and lots of young Pacifica kids uh, just getting into any sort of art. So for me, specifically, that's classical music. The Arts Pacifica Awards is a government-funded event that was established in 1996. It is the only national awards for Pacifica artists across all art forms, from contemporary to traditional. Melanesians across Aotearoa are coming together in Auckland this weekend to celebrate their unique heritage. This is the second time the annual Melanesia Festival is being held and it's an opportunity for community members from Fiji, Vanuatu, New Caledonia, Solomon Islands and Papua New Guinea to fully immerse in their culture. The festival director, Albert Trail, spoke to Tiana Haxton about what to expect. So this year we've got uh, the Melanesian Students Association coming from Waikato, from uh, Solomon's community, from Tauranga, uh, Wellington, and even Christchurch. And I believe there's a few coming from Dunedin as well. And the program is really packed. We've got uh, Solomon and uh, Fijian artists, and I believe there's a PNG artist as well. Um, Nine o'clock is our opening ceremony, and then 10 o'clock is all the cultural performances, as well as these uh, musical groups that will be showcasing all the way up until 5 o'clock. And then within that, there's... Um, cultural activation spaces we have uh there's weaving there's tapa printing there's even png tattooing as well uh and yeah this is just a lot whole lot of uh different things happening eh? the food and the craft and then the cultural spaces as well sounds exciting and what's the value of this festival to the melanesian communities that are residing here in aotearoa i think it's so important because uh this is a big place compared to where we come from eh? and it's easy for us to feel lost in the numbers and the crowd and in the distance and the cold. But, you know, it's it's these festivals that, you know what, we love it here in New Zealand because New Zealand is a country that loves and supports cultural diversity. And how about the youth? Are the young ones in the community very involved with this event? Oh, my gosh. Like, honestly, if you, when you come, you'll see a lot of... The, a lot of the items are all youth-driven. The Siawa, which is the Solomon Islands, Auckland Community Association, it's all youth-led uh, and driven. And it's, honestly, last year it was really beautiful because they have different provinces in the Solomons. They represented almost seven or eight of the different provinces. It was really inspiring to see all these young people. And they felt so proud, you know, because the first time ever they could stand up in the space and say, hey, you know what? This is my festival. It's Melanesian. Like normally, you know, they get lumped in with uh, Polyfest and and all the other festivals and stuff. But this one, I felt like, wow, this was it was really awesome just to be themselves in their own skin. And um, yeah, it was really. We had a lot of them come to the feedback session after the festival last year, and pretty much everyone was in tears hearing them share how special they felt. We're doing it for the young people, so. Hopefully one day when we're not here, they can stand up with the same pride and say, yeah, you know what, I'm Melanesian and I'm proud to share my culture. eh? And I think that's what it's all about. It's the focus on the young people, really. That's so wholesome. And I hear you've partnered with Creative New Zealand to keep this going and growing. 
What can we expect over the coming years? Uh, I think this year is going to be bigger than last year. And it's just going to, every year, it's just going to grow into a, a different size, a different feel, a different vibe. Um, it's just going to get bigger and better. And I think we next year we are looking uh, very closely to work with um, the embassies, the Papua New Guinea, Solomon Islands, Fiji. Uh, we're already in talks with the French embassy who looks after New Caledonia uh, and Vanuatu to collab with them and get them into be involved as well, and even to the point of bringing some of their artists as well from the islands to <clears throat> to come and join the ones that are here in New Zealand. It's good for us to connect back home as well, like we like we should be doing. The festival is being held on October 21st at the Waitemata Rugby Club grounds. Over 7,000 people are expected to attend a full day of celebrations, which is open to the public. Well, that's our show, Pacific Waves, for today. To listen back, head over to rnzi.com slash programs. We're also on Apple, Spotify and iHeartRadio podcasts. From myself and the RNZ Pacific team, tōwha soi fua.